welcome to Team Futurism. This week we're going to be talking about the future of cities. And there's been a lot of a lot of articles and a lot of videos on YouTube recently about these futuristic smart cities. And there's a lot to say about them. I think that we're just going to go through like our informal impressions and takes about them. Um, I generally am a little bit skeptical of a lot of these things. But I want to I just want to jump into it and see what you think, Devin. What is your impression of, for example, you know, lay a couple of out there that, w- that we've been looking into the line in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> there's a there's Tolosa, this billionaire dude who did like diapers.com and a few things like this. He's, he has this Tolosa vision where he wants to probably someplace in Arizona or the desert. He wants to create, you know, multi-billion dollar smart city that has like equity you know, built in and, and some, some like, I don't know, buy-in from the community. Some interesting ideas out there. There's a lot more. I mean, just one other one that's like actually happening is the um, um, Egypt is creating a new, uh, a new city that's, I believe, to the east of Cairo. And they want to move a couple million folks from Cairo over there, which is interesting. It's happening, but it's a little bit suspect in the fact that I've heard that uh, part of the reason why they're doing that is because every time there is a big uh, political upheaval in Egypt, it takes place in this one particular square in Cairo that's pretty close to the uh, the Capitol building. So they're like, how do we not have people have uprisings? Oh, we move the Capitol over here, hundreds of miles away, and we make it so that only rich people live there, right, who aren't going to be protesting the government. So little little suspect. Still, maybe there's some interesting things happening there. Um, Devin, uh, it sounds like you might be a little bit uh, skeptical of these futuristic cities as well. Let me let me get like your your general takes here. Can you can you hear me shaking my head? <laughs> I can definitely see you shaking your head. <laughs> shaking my head in, in grief. Uh, that's funny too. The Egyptian thing, where you're like, yeah, it sounds a little suspect. I'm like, hmm, would those several million people be all part of a similar group? <laughs> you know, because like, yeah, that's always sketchy. Anytime they're like, hey, all you guys in this one group. We want you somewhere else. It's like, right, oh, right. I don't know, guys. Uh, future cities, man, future cities. Um, uh, the line in Saudi Arabia, I've seen like, um, I've seen a couple of in-depth kind of videos about it and Mm -hmm. some kind of propaganda style videos, obviously released by the Saudi government and, you know, some like mock-ups and sketch-ups. It's interesting because I've seen a couple of different things about one of them was like, I forget what uh, movie it was. I think it was Ready Player One or something where the uh, all of the poor people live below ground and all of the rich mm. people live above ground. But I, I, there was one of the videos I saw where it seemed like there was going to be some kind of component like that to it where like there's this whole section of the line that's like underground and that's where all of like the laborers, the laborers. Oh. I actually didn't know that, but that seems like something Saudi Arabia would totally pull. It could be like, you know, propaganda from people who just want to stir up shit about it or something like that. But Mm -hmm. uh, but the thing that I I can't understand about that is if you're doing like a city in the middle of the desert, you would think you'd want to create like climate zones, 
You know what I mean? Like anytime you cluster stuff together, if you introduce enough biomass, you create an artificial microclimate that sustains itself more or less. If you have everything in a line, then everything is going to have to be power intensive to provide like shade, you know, water, fucking air conditioning, all of the stuff that you need to kind of live. I think that one of the pitches is that that the infrastructure is easy because it's in a line or something. I mean, I don't completely understand that because it seems like if you had like the same amount of space, but in a square, it would be easier to have like the hub and it goes out onto the spokes to distribute and water and like everything. Yeah. I, I don't know exactly how that works because we're, we're talking about not only going on a line, but also going vertically for all of these right. things. Exactly. So, I mean, I, I just don't know. I just don't know how. Well, this is the thing is that a lot of, you know, engineers and city planners throughout history have kind of tried this line thing before. And it's never really worked out. I believe it was in Germany. Um, I think it was Germany. Maybe it was Spain. They, they did this before. And it just became another normal like like street in the city because it built out around this line thing the the saudi arabia vision is to go up so it's not just gonna be a street but it's gonna go you know vertically the whole idea like honestly it just sounds stupid i mean maybe i would go there and it would be somehow kind of magical and it would kind of work or something i just think it sounds too artificial and i'm even all about artificial shit like i'm totally kind of into it inherently Because that's what people do. We build artificial spaces. But um, no, like I feel your skepticism for the Saudi Arabia thing. Can I can I can I drop a couple of just like my personal beefs with a lot of these visions? Please. So one is just for, you know, whenever these things are tried, at least on a small scale, they always fail because in America, at least, they always still end up being car-centric. So there's this there's this phenomenon of trying to create the new town square in America. And there's Mm -hmm. one in Las Vegas, for example, where it's these beautiful streets that it looks like it has a lot of shops, and then above them, they'll have like law offices and like real estate offices. So it kind of like does this thing. But um, and you're able to walk around and have this nice walking experience. But then like when you zoom out from it, you see that it's this little cluster of a couple of streets surrounded by parking lots. And so everyone had to to drive in, park their fucking car, and then go out and have like a fake experience of walking around as if you lived in a city center. And that's how America is doing these like new city center things, you know? Um, And I think that that's a little bit of a fatal flaw with a lot of these things because they're all trying to be non-car centric, right? But I, I, I'm just, I'm just skeptical. I because when you look at the the pictures of them, there almost is never a street view, and the street view that you do see, it never seems like it is a real city street view with with actual density where people mm. like work on the bottom floor and live on the top floor, right? Right. It, it, it doesn't have that like real density to it. It always seems like it's kind of just like uh, large, large open spaces and blah, 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 blah. I, I don't know. So that's that's like one skepticism. Built on top of that is this other skepticism I have or criticism I have that, I mean, 
let me just put it this way. I can't imagine one of these people who has this this vision in mind for a future smart city ever having like a red light district. You know? <laughs> imagine having like a CD, like building in a CD. <laughs> That's hilarious. With CD street corners, with like strip clubs, with like bars open too late, with uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like all of that, those things that like right. actually make cities kind of rad you know like a blade runner style city where san there's Bruce, like yeah. yeah 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 and well i mean like san francisco isn't the same place if you take away north beach with the strip clubs and then you know some sketchy parts of uh of uh market. the tinder the tenderloin yeah the market area where they have like kind of kind of like low-key epic weed dispensaries Stuff, yeah. Shit like that, you know? And this, like, it makes sense that those establishments are there in those locations because the whole fucking area is kind of like we used to be the place where sailors would come here and, like, get fucked up and, like, sell drugs and have a bunch of, you know, illicit, you know, prostitution situations. Do you think in the cities of the future, the utopian cities of the future, that they'll pay actors to uh, be homeless people? <laughs> you know what's kind of funny is is I, I'm writing a novel where that actually is a thing that, that no, takes place. Oh, really? Yeah, you channel the thing that I've that I've been uh, actually thinking a lot about. <laughs> That's hella funny, man. Yeah, dude, we need we need the uh, we need people to perform homelessness for us so that we can feel erudite and privileged, man. Otherwise, how will we know? Mm -hmm. How will we know we've made it, dude? Nah, man. Uh, that's funny. I, that's an interesting concept. Is like that is true. Like uh, maybe is what you're uh, what you're saying is that a lot of these like future city concepts are a little too like Disneyfied, where it's like you know like they're like oh look at all of these like nice shops you can walk to and shit like that and and it's like yeah that's not really what i mean like that's not the dope part about living in a dense environment the dope mm -hmm. dope part about living in a dense environment is the diversity of experience right and like i don't know here's my fucking beef dude here's okay, my beef okay. with the whole concept of future cities and i i want to i'm going to reference uh the last joe rogan that i heard which you hear that siddhartha i can't remember his last name but it was about cobalt mining in the congo yes i listened to about half oh, of it oh yeah. fuck me dude it i know was like, yeah. it was so brutal to listen to that and like i'm like a carpenter all my all my tools are lithium ion batteries Fucking yeah. all my devices are lithium ion. Maybe batteries. maybe give it like a very quick overview of what this guy was saying because it was yeah. it was a lot of new information to me, like how just like his details there. I mean basically this guy went he's been he's been following and studying human trafficking for twenty years for his entire career, his entire life. Found out somebody tipped him off to how insane the conditions were in the Congo for cobalt mining. He goes there kind of by the, the the skin of his teeth like gets into some of these places and escapes the country without being murdered by like the roving militias that are trying to protect the world from seeing how depraved like this money grab is in the Congo where they, there's open pit mines where there's 10 to 15,000 people in like sarongs and flip-flops fucking with little rock hammers digging away at the ground to get cobalt out which is a super toxic substance to like have on your body or breathe in 
And it's like COBOL is the, the critical ingredient in all of our modern battery technology. Mm-hmm. Everything that's lithium ion requires an amount of COBOL to, you know, it's like it helps with temperature control and like different things inside the, the battery, but it's critical. They haven't figured out how to not use it yet. So, so like an I electric thought. car takes a ton of it, apparently, that's like a ton. I, yeah. the, and that, that it made me kind of reflect a lot on um, just like the march of progress, like the march of progress in technology. I live in the Bay Area where every asshat, it like has a Tesla mm-hmm. and like it seems cool, you know, and I think a lot of them, they're kind of smug. You know what I mean? I think because they think that they're fucking like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, dude, I'm fucking doing what's right for the environment, mm-hmm. dude, for global warming, for fucking, and it's like, no, you're not. You're just, you're just figuring out a way to flex that isn't explicitly damaging something that's socially popular right now. It's like it's super socially conscious to talk about the environment and shit well, like that. Well, uh, I mean, I, I do like the way that uh, Peter Zion will talk about this because he's very skeptical apparently of like electric cars and these sorts for, for these exact reasons. But he will say that in order to actually positively impact the environment with your Tesla, you have to drive it for like 20 years or something like this. I mm. mean, it, it was like, there, there's a, I'm making that number up. I don't know exactly what it is, but like, it's not sure. like the sort of thing where it, after, you know, driving it to LA and back five times, it's paid off in terms of the environmental impact that you put into it. You put right. so much environmental impact into creating that car that you really do have to ha- own it a lot, a lot, very long time to make it worth it while, whereas a typical car um, has fewer parts. Yes, it uses gasoline, and yes, it's bad for the environment, but it's, it's. I mean, I don't know how, how it prices out. I'd have to start making things up. But apparently, you're just not as doing as well for the environment as you think that you are. Um, I'm like anti-car in general. I'm like, if, if we can Fair. just get away from fucking cars, that's the answer there. To me personally, I know that, especially in America, because of our city design, that's not going to happen. But yeah. I mean, I sold my car, uh, you know, it's been five, six years and I, it's the, was the best deci- decision I ever made. Like my wife has a car, we, we've got our little Prius, um, and I drive it maybe twice a week for like maybe grand total of 20 minutes a week. Cause I have to, I don't know, like I would like to have not even have to do that, but I don't know. I, I think I derailed you a little bit with my... Uh... No, no, not really. I mean, it's like the... I guess the, the whole thing is that when I think about like a future city, yeah. I think like people who design like future cities are thinking it's going to be like those fucking uh, Chinese TikToks where like the lady like puts her fucking toothbrush in the ultrasonic cleaner and then like a little fucking drawer comes out that she puts her shoes in and then there's like a gadget for everything. Like it's some weird redux of like... 1950s like housewife convenience technology or some shit like that but it's like at the end of the day a futuristic city is a city that probably isn't as luxurious as people live now because it's more integrated with wherever the fuck it is it's like Mm -hmm. this whole conceptualization of like a city that exists as a concept independent of the place that it is is fucking such a boomer 
way to look at innovating mm. city technology where it's like, I swear to God, like boomers and Gen X, like they're, they just don't, there's, it's like, there's like the earth and humans and then technology and they're all separate and they mm. all have their own separate conceptualizations of how they work together and stuff like that. And it's like, nah, man, they're all the same system. Like if you're going to build a future city, build it into like a cliff or like do something interesting with a river or do something interesting that integrates it with the natural environment, makes it a place where it's easier a, a lower impact general lifestyle on the fucking area that it's in. That's okay. futuristic. So what do you think about like the floating cities like in Indonesia they're building? And I think also South Korea might be the other place where they're building these things into the oceans so that uh, with sea level rise, you know, it's not going to impact. And they, they get the energy, I believe, from something happening underneath oh. the, uh, the surface there. Um, those to me look pretty cool. It also looks like the, the sort of place where you would, you would want to go like visit for a day, not necessarily live, you know, and work. Yeah. Although may, maybe, maybe they'll, they'll build it out so it will be livable. I'm not too sure, but those look know, cool. Like, I mean, I don't know. But like anything, I guess part, part of it is like knowing the constraints of the environment that you're working with and like mm -hmm. anything that's next to the ocean is going to require so much maintenance. Like yeah. salt water is infinitely powerful. There is like nothing more destructive than salt water, you know, in terms of like natural environments. And that's why wave like energy harvesting from wave technology has taken so many years to figure mm. out because it's like, well, you leave something submerged in the ocean for a year. It doesn't matter what you made it out of. It's going to get eaten away. You know what I mean? And it's going to break down and it's going to need repair and maintenance. And it's like, I don't know, man, like, fuck, like build a city in a bamboo forest, like mostly out of where all the shit's out of bamboo. And like, not everybody gets to be in like a sweet stud frame house with air conditioning. And like, you have to kind of work with the situation more than being so insane about controlling the way that your environment. Let me, uh, let me push back a little bit here. I, ah. I, I mean, I, I do want to say that I, I agree in spirit. I, t I totally do. Um, anything that bashes uh, millennials and Gen X, I'm gonna <laughs> be on board with. But let me <laughs> let me push back a little bit, just because let's yeah. let's look what humans are, what we do, and I think where we're going, whether we like it or not, is that we we destroy environments and we remake them to serve us. That is just what like we're we're animals, sure. right? You look at you look at badgers. You you look at like like hawks pick a thing they do their own thing this is what we do this is what sure. we do you know and we're gonna do this um also our biggest problem and this goes back to the cobalt mining is just energy it's yeah. energy and water and a couple yeah. of things right um right. if we we're in an awkward place right now because we want the goodies from the future but right. we can't actually have them without really causing a lot of harm to like <laughs> hundreds of millions of people um, because of yeah. sweatshops and cobalt mines, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that we are so good at not thinking about. In any case, right. um, we are going to, if unless we, you know, Putin drops a bomb on, on the West or something, we're going to eventually have um, 
nuclear fusion energy. So free and abundant energy as much as we want, no downside. That might be yeah. 50, 100, 200 years out, but it's it's going to happen. So that's going to yeah. solve energy. Well, I mean, we, we also have, I mean, geothermal oftentimes is, is, is not a bad thing. Um, you know, winds in certain places is not a bad thing. There, there, yeah. there are ways for us to get like real free, cheap energy. Like, and I'm not a big fan of, of uh, solar panels, but like if you were to solar panel over like uh, a quarter of the Sahara Desert, it would give the Earth like seven times as much energy as we we use right now. Things like that. I mean, it's, it's not like it's inconceivable for us to get as like an abundance of power. We're going to. We also will solve, I'm sure, water because the world's the face of the planet is like 80 or 90% water or something like this. It's like we're, we're surrounded by water. We just haven't figured that out yet. It's, it's a problem to be solved. Um, as Elon Musk says, it's an engineering problem, right? It's not like a philosophical problem. It's just engineering. Um, once we solve those things, again, hundreds and hundreds of years into the future, we can let everyone participate in this future thing, hypothetically. Um, politics notwithstanding we yeah. we could and 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 then i think we could really start to become creative with with future cities the problem is we're not there yet we're pretending yeah. like we have magical battery powers powered mm -hmm. cars and etc we're pretending like we have that and we we do but we do with a price that's really uncomfortable when you start looking at it yeah that's my that's my pushback which is kind of a, a half pushback because i think that it, it is you know, I can't even say that without kind of ignoring the harms that we're causing right now. Yeah, it's like I, I feel you and I think there's a way to merge those two ideas where I think that it's OK. I mean, obviously, anywhere where humans live, it's naturally destructive. It's impossible for us to live in concert with other animals and stuff like that unless we're literally living in like fucking teepees and like being nomadic, mm -hmm. you know, and that's just never going to happen again. But there is like there is a certain brand of insanity to making a city like LA or making cities like if it's a conceptual future city, it has to be near water, dude. Like you can't just keep building fucking cities in the middle of the desert and being like, yeah, we're going to need some water from way the fuck over there. It's like the amount of the amount of water that LA and Arizona and parts of like the southwestern desert siphon off of the Colorado River and the Klamath River. I mean, it's like all of that shit gets fed from the central, like central northern United States. Like the entire southwestern quadrant of our country is all stolen water from watersheds that are fucking hundreds and thousands of miles away from where they're originating from. And it's like that kind of stewardship of resource that's what should be at the center of the idea of a futuristic city is like yeah. we don't you're exactly we don't have the technology yet to just put something in the middle of nowhere and make it work but we do have the technology now to do gentle terraforming of landscapes to like actually be thinking about i mean like the central valley always drives me nuts because in california where it's like dude you drive for like go from San Francisco to LA and like four hours of your trip is driving through farmlands where there's no water there. 
Yeah. It's like, oh my God. And they're like, and there's all these signs where they're yep. like, like, what the fuck? Like, why can't we, you're like cutting off our water. And it's like, cause you started a farm in the middle of the fucking desert. You in idiot, in you California, I mean? 70% of our water supply goes to farms, 70%. And that's like raising fucking almonds and shit that like, we should Dude. not have almond farms in California. It makes no sense. Dude. We used to have cotton. Guess what? We don't have cotton anymore because it took too much water. Guess what takes more water than cotton? Almonds. Almonds. It's stupid. Like they no, should not have almond farms there. It's just absolutely insane the way that humans are like shoot first, ask ask questions later with like yeah. settlements and shit. And that's something yeah, yeah. that like in the small amount of places I've been in Europe, you there is like because they're not working with very much. A lot of cities are clustered. A lot of major cities are clustered around a river. And they're trying to, like, use that river in as many ways as they can for entertainment, for water. They're stewarding the waterways in certain ways. They're stewarding the land in certain ways. <laughs> America is so wide open. It's so broad. There's so much area here to settle. And it's, like, it's not that crazy to just stop being so haphazard about it and actually have some kind of planning structure where it's, like, all right, we want to make a future city. Here's a new big city. And instead of just letting... Instead of letting a small town become gentrified to the point where it expands, or, I mean, that's kind of the model that a lot of America works on, is like, okay, this is a cute small town, and a bunch of people keep moving here, and it becomes a city, and it becomes this, and becomes a little bit bigger. It's like, I don't know, man, how about like a planning commission for this kind of thing? How about, but we're just not there. Politically, we're not there. We're still fighting over fucking scraps. These idiots are still fighting over like ridiculous shit, like cutting Medicare, and mm -hmm. like cutting social security i'm like dude stop we already figured it out we we're, yeah. we're giving old people money like fuck off dude figure like find yeah. something else to like litigate man <laughs> you know what i'm saying you that know one one thing that i think is interesting is that if i were a billionaire like this guy who did diapers.com i think i'm getting that right uh for the telosa place uh this would absolutely also be my hobby horse. I would absolutely totally. want to start a futuristic city just because I love cities. I think that they are the coolest mm -hmm. work of art, the coolest thing that humans do. We create cities and Same. somehow, oh my God, we have created amazing cities all over the amazing. globe. Like you said, in places where they do, do not need to be, where they should not be. We've done it. And, and that it's cool. And like now part of that equation should be to be more environmentally conscious from the ground up and on and on. But like, like, oh my God, I, I would absolutely do what that diapers.com guy is doing i hope i'm getting that right where uh he hired a badass architectural firm to nice. build it out and to do the design and i even i'm very skeptical but i like how he has some sort of a scheme so that there is communal ownership in the land that's cool so that you know ideally if you live there you have like an equity stake in not only your own little pocket of property but, but like that you want the whole world you want the whole environment to thrive the whole that's city you, you want it to be you know a thriving place yeah that's there's there's cool shit happening here and i think that there are enough of these projects happening maybe the line notwithstanding but there, there are enough of these projects happening something's gonna probably work you know so that 
maybe you know when our children when my my child is is my age maybe she'll be living in one of these places and thinks that you know anybody who's living in a museum ass city like san francisco is like nuts you know right because of the, the level of amenities that we just don't even know are comprehensible and the level of smartness so that if no one's sitting on this fucking bench, the street light up ahead is not turning on, but it's going to turn on when someone sits there. That's that sort of a thing. Um, I, I think that that's possible. There's, I mean, you know, maybe these guys are all just doing, doing vanity projects that they're going to find isn't hip anymore 10 years from now. So they'll abandon the projects or, I mean, who knows? Who who knows? But it's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I'm kind of like for these guys trying it. I just can't help thinking like any, you know, business enterprise thing, 50 to 70% of them are just going to fail and be embarrassing. Yeah. But I think you're right, dude. Like efficiency, like you're like how smart the cities will be in the future where it's like, you know, the light turns off at the bend. Like the whole point of making a future city in my mind is if it is making it more efficient because that's the part that we lose in a lot of our cities they're just not efficient Mm -hmm. and so they suck you know there's a lot of cities that just straight up suck because it's hard to get from a cool place to a cool place or there's no center to things or there's nowhere to like enjoy a a cool natural moment or Mm -hmm. like or the transport or the public transit sucks or whatever it is and it's like it's all efficiency, man. As soon as you can get people, like how many man hours get lost in not, in inefficient cities and like how productive, you know, ecologically, like actual, you know, human productivity wise could a city be if it was organized in a way that made everything easier instead of just having this haphazard approach to kind of piecing things together one at a time. And, you know, part of that would be, utilizing technology efficiently and not extravagantly to where there's like you know smart things like that where the light turns off when you need it to but there's not a bunch of gadgets and shit Mm -hmm. everywhere you know what i mean and like that's kind of what i meant earlier where where it's like uh it would be a shame if the future city is just a bunch of shitty gadgets everywhere (laughs) and shit that kind of like looks tight but it would be really cool if it was a very simple place where there's not a lot of extra bullshit you can keep all the all the extra crap that you like inside your house but the actual environment is very clean and very efficient and somewhat integrated with the place that it is set in but at the same time can we please dear god have some warm environments with nice brick walls that humans just we relate to things like brick walls we we love like exposed beams we relate to these things we can't just have hospital sterile environments that we're walking around and we really can't i mean one of the things one of my favorite cities is lisbon portugal where it's one of the oldest cities in europe i think it's older than rome or something it's just like this ancient 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 city and it is, you can, there's not a square foot in that, that city that you can't tell is just ancient and a million gazillion people have walked over that place. There's graffiti everywhere. There's like grime, but it's like all in a great spirit. Everything yeah. is, 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 it's just so warm and so human and so, so awesome. Um, and, and I think that, I mean, maybe I'm naive, but like, I think with the right vision, that sort of warmth can actually be built into a modern city. It, it, it's, it's not that hard because it, it is like, it's like brick. 
it's like a couple of materials, like materials are so important. And I never see that on these, uh, if they ever have a street view for these futuristic Uh, things, which they usually don't, but if they ever do, it's so, I want to, I want to take one of these like famous architecture dudes and be like, Hey, we're, we're humans, right? You like, Who's gonna be walking down the street? A fucking human. Okay, yeah. let's put a little bit of brick. Let's have a little Make bit of warmth. Make some shit out of mud. Make some shit out of mud. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> let me let me bring and maybe this could be the way that we close out uh, talking about future cities because I think it's weirdly as we're talking about it the thing that could be most salient to like the vibe of a future city and whether or not because like what's the one thing. That, that is the chaos element that disrupts everybody's plans in the city. Can you, can you guess what I'm thinking of? There's one element that fucks everything up. And it's not because it's a fucked up thing. It just is a force that every business owner, every person with a public space, everybody has to think about all the time. Are you thinking weather or? No, no, it's a, it's a human element. Okay. Oh, I'm it's not sure. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. I, you know, I, my mind went there, but I was like, no, no, no. Nah, but, yeah, okay. <laughs> I can't say that. Um, <laughs> no, I think that that's the crazy thing because it, I think when we, you, you and I were growing up in Sacramento, something that I remember us talking about was like, why is there not a place where we can just go be inside in a warm, safe place and like play music and mm-hmm. just hang out and have like a jam session? Or why isn't there like a place where we can, it's like, well, because it economically doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. And, but not only that, you're going to get fucking homeless people that are going to need a warm place to hang out. And it's going to get taken over by people who need that because they need it, not because they want it. Mm -hmm. And like, I think about, when you think about city architecture and how dope you could make things, it's pretty contingent on people not needing to seek out warm shelter to survive. If, mm-hmm. if you if you took that element out of a fucking modern city, that need to house people, like, imagine the fucking beauty that your public spaces could have. Like, you could mm-hmm. have all of these things that, like, you know like we don't get to have nice things in cities because homeless people shit on those things and pee on those things and sleep under those things. And it has nothing to do with them. It has everything to do with the superstructure that we live in that just refuses to provide homes for like a million people for like less than like 0.2% of our population is homeless. It's an absurd, it's an absurdly small number of people that can't find a place to stay at night. And like, we just won't do it. We won't solve that problem. We absolutely refuse to throw money or resources at it. And it's not problem. money or resources. It's the approach, you know? It's the approach. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, I have a lot of thoughts on, on this, but uh, yeah, I mean, that is such a, like an American perspective too, because in Europe, a lot of times they have actually solved these problems because they're just better at these things. They also right. have fewer, fewer people and more, you know, better infrastructure in general. But also, uh, you know, you know the YouTube channel, Not Just Bikes. No, it's a it's a great like uh, urban, you know, pro urbanist channel. 
Um, it's really great. And the, the guy is from America, but now he lives in Amsterdam. And so all of his videos are like, this is essentially, the, America sucks because why Europe is awesome is because, yeah. Uh, sure. But he has like this uh, recent video about third places. And this is something that's mm-hmm. very common in Europe, which is- Not home, in, not work. Yeah, it's a third place. Right. So, so in London, it's the pub. In Amsterdam, there are all these open places. Yeah, in America, bar be the third place. Well, I mean, maybe, but like it's 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 so so normal. It's just not bad. It's I mean, people don't have drinking problems there like they do here. Obviously, people have drinking problems, but it's it's not like in America because I I mean, I spent a decent amount of time in in London, and it's just normal to go out and have one beer. It's not normal to go out and have 10. Like, sure. You see so few drunk people in the pubs in England. I've even been yeah. hanging out there, like, at, at shows, like, late at night. You don't see many, like, sloppy people. Compared yeah. to America, I, I'm three blocks from a bar. I, I could walk there right now at, you know, 426. There's going to be sloppy people there right fucking now, playing oh, yeah. pool with their, with their guts out, you know, just being gross and sloppy. <laughs> There's just lots of that there. And I I mean, maybe, you know, that's England in their third places. Paris, they have their cafe scene, you know, where you show up and waiters don't try to push you out. They're not hovering over you getting to try to leave because their culture is this is your third place. You're hanging out for not 10, 20 minutes, three hours. That's cool. And people come and people go and it's it's your your third place. And it's just like their culture we have none of that here we have starbucks Nothing. you know yeah. where they do try to turn you out if you don't order something within five minutes they're going to try to kick your ass out um so yeah i don't know i've heard ex- where i was we're going to land that point but i mean like i do think like america is kind of fundamentally culturally we have a lot of work to do you know i think that we have a lot of work to do about homelessness but about also Man, when you saw the thing about like we had no place when we were younger, we had no place to just to hang hang out and kick it, and play guitars, and you know be semi rowdy but not insane. Uh, you were right. Like we found places, but they were like yeah, they were our lame. apartments. You know, it was like our apartments. Yeah, yeah. Totally. or a coffee shop that closed at seven o'clock. You know. Yeah, you want a vibe. I, so I guess my to circle around to the point of the podcast, which is future cities and the things that you'll have to like resolve to get a city to actually be futuristic. You're going to have to make sure everybody within like a hundred mile radius has a home and that if people want to come there to fucking like beg for money because it's a cool futuristic place, you're going to have to have some kind of system in place to put them in a fucking house, man. You know, like that is something that's like no city of the future is actually going to be able to make itself cool without making sure that there's not people who are desperate for basic necessities that are going to pee and poop on everything and use drugs on the street. Like you're going to need to have places for them to use drugs, you know, like talk about shit that you're going to need in a future city. You're going to need places for homeless people that can't exist in your fucking futuristic city or everything's fucked. You're going to have to have places for all kinds of different people to use drugs, you know, Mm -hmm. like whether you like it or not, like people are going to be fucking doing drugs on the street better for them to be doing it in your little fucking government sponsored building. Like they do it in Canada where it's like you go in, you can get your heroin, and when you want to stop because your life kind of sucks, you can go upstairs to the treatment facility. You know what I mean? And like, I'm uh, I'm reminded of a of a Tim Dillon take 
uh, rant where he says that, you know, he's being funny, but he has this rant where he's like, L.A. should just embrace the fact that they're the homeless capital of the world. Stop trying to fix it. Just embrace it. So that when people come, they're like, oh, there's Skid Row. Oh, cool. We'll, we'll start doing tours of Skid Row, you know, where everyone can, can look at the homeless people. And it's just part of who we are because you know what we do well? We do a lot of things poorly. You know what we do well? We attract homeless people. Uh, his Ooh. rant is funny. I mean, he's funny about it. Obviously, he's being cynical. But, uh, yeah, we I have mean, a lot of things a- to do there. There is a third option, and I, I'll, I'll wrap up my point here, okay, which yeah. is that when, when I was in my early 20s, I hitchhiked all the way up and down the West Coast a couple times from L.A. to Seattle and back. And one of those times I stayed at, the, I don't know if you remember, the Occupy uh, Wall Street movement. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Where oh, yeah. It was like, so every single little city from L.A. all the way to Seattle and even teeny little cities like Petaluma had a little encampment where people at first would camp there and be like, we stand in solidarity, fuck the 1%. Like they didn't really have a super specific goal, but they were just like, this is bullshit. It was right after the financial collapse when, when all these banks got bailed out. Mm-hmm. And so people were just, you know, making these campments, standing in solidarity with the movement. And it was like, a, it was very cute and hopeful at first. Then as any time that there's a bunch of amenities that are flooding into a place because a bunch of donations would come in, people are sleeping there. So people would bring, you know, people who didn't want to sleep there would bring tents and food. I stayed at one in Eugene, Oregon that had enough food to feed a thousand people a day for two years. And I was working in the kitchen there. That's crazy. Whoa. Dude, it was nuts. We were serving, we were serving over a thousand meals a day breakfast lunch and dinner to anyone who came for food right and there was two 20-foot shipping containers that were full to the brim of nice food and donations came in every single day and we and it was crazy because you see that like there is a class of wealthy people who are like i don't actually want to give money to a faceless charity but if there's a bunch of people camping out at this place down here and they're cold I'm going to go to Walmart and buy a bunch of sleeping bags because I actually do want to help. And it seems like the nice thing to do. It's like there is a third option that we had for a minute, which was you bring all these people together in a fucking camp and then you got to police it, which sucks. You know what I'm saying? You got to go through and make sure that fucking people aren't stepping on needles and shit. But like it was it was borderline utopian for homeless Mm. people. You know, it was like you got fed square meals. There was plenty of sleeping materials around for everybody. There was usually cops because the cops were naturally suspicious of the place. Mm-hmm. And so they'd come through and patrol and make sure that nobody's like prostituting or there's not like insane illicit drug use, you know. And, and every once in a while they'd bust like a tent that had like a hundred needles in it. But I lived in these camps for like two, three months mm. and I never had a problem. I never saw anybody get hurt. I never saw anything happen other than a lot of good people coming together to try to help a lot of people who are having a tough time. Did you, uh, I've, I've have heard that. I mean, that is fascinating. I I would love to talk more about that if we had more time, but have you heard that like the the hot take about, uh, the Occupy Wall Street movement is that they had all these tents when the, when the movement was over, they're like, what do we do with these tents? They just gave them to homeless people. And like, that's why now all the homeless people have tents. There, there was no such thing or like there was like 
10% of the problem with people in tents preoccupy, post-occupy, like everybody's got a tent and I can go four blocks from my house and see them all right now, all up and down Dude. that uh, X street in Sacramento and W street in Sacramento. Uh, Dude, and that is supposedly, I've never like verified this, but a couple of people have said this that like uh, people, you know, study this. It's because of Occupy that we have that problem. <laughs> can't kill all the snakes by getting mongooses dude <laughs> <laughs> now you got a mongoose problem exactly. <laughs> oh my god well Anyways. hey so so future cities i mean there's a there's a ton to do here I, I would actually like to talk more sometime about maybe another batch of them that i would like to look into a little bit more yeah we should do a deep dive on one we should i would like one. to do a deep dive on one we absolutely pick one maybe the yeah. line or something that actually because the line is gonna get built and it would be interesting to pick one and do a deep dive on it and give a and give a nice detailed pros and cons about mm -hmm. the city in particular because I think we yeah, yeah we should we should interview somebody too have somebody on who's uh, you know has some inside inside knowledge on one of these that'd be a lot of fun maybe uh, maybe, maybe we'll get that sheep. yeah well hey <laughs> <laughs> hey man well yeah we'll uh, we'll be back soon with with more from Team Futurism. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll chat soon, Devin.